Hola, me llamo Susana, tengo 49 años y tengo muchos sueños siempre. Uh, ¿Qué es el...? I, I got nowhere to go with that. <laughs> And that is the topic of today's show. Not Spanish, but I just said, my name is Suzanne. I'm 40. I don't know years old. And I thought it was, I'm always sleepy, but it's, I always have many dreams. I wish, and maybe I do, but I don't know. That's part of the curiosity today. How do we get to sleep? How do we get enough sleep? What is enough sleep for each of us? And how does that relate to dreams? Um, do you remember your dreams? Are they lucid? Me, not so much. My special guest, perhaps. So we'll be bouncing back and forth. Please welcome Karma California. Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Oh, I should do the formal thing. Uh, my name's Suzanne. You can call me Zan. It's also Poe Tess. You can call me Poe. Welcome to the Poe Show. Uh, and that would be Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the introductory question is the one to ask at two o'clock when someone is completely out their mind on something. And that is, how do you know you're not dreaming right now? I We will discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> Answer is you don't? I don't know. So what, let's go ahead with a little intro. What do you do to test if you're not sure whether or not you're dreaming? That's a good question. Um, normally for me, when I'm asleep, I can lucid dream. So there's certain things that make me go, okay, this is a dream. Because I know that in reality, I'm not really in Europe. Like, that's just never going to happen. I don't fly on planes. I don't like boats. So, like, so there's certain little aspects that help me recognize that, okay, this is a dream versus reality. And, um, but I do like that question of how do we know if we're dreaming or not? Because we really, I mean, in actuality, we really don't know. Because some people think this is just one big dream. Mm -hmm. What was that? It was in the 80s. It was a soap opera. Was it? Dallas or something that oh yeah it's, all these things happened and then it ends up that JR woke up from a dream I think that was the name I don't even know and so that just invalidates the whole show or does it uh, hello Marianne Clark from Ghost House Paranormal welcome happy to have you here so once again we're going to be discussing how to fall asleep how to get the best sleep how much sleep do you get and what do you think of dreams things like that Uh, so we have a couple people here, maybe. How much sleep do you get? Is this a general question to the audience or to me? Oh, all of the above. <laughs> um, for me, I do have some sleep um, insomnia that I've had since childhood. So it just really kind of depends. Um, sometimes I get great sleep. Other times I can go days without sleeping. Um, sometimes days without sleeping, I actually wait, like if I do get like an hour of sleep, um, or if I just don't, sometimes I still like can function pretty well. Um, and then some days I'm just like, no, I, I feel like death. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Oh yeah. Ever since probably before high school, but at the boarding school, I was voted the one most likely to be napping and that. <laughs> I didn't even think that was a category. Uh, let's see. Marianne says hello and haha, none. 
Are you busy with the ghost house things? I hear whispers and noises. Ah, the ghost house paranormal. Your uh, ghost hunting is not just that. It's with your special ability. It's not a matter of having necessarily the ghost hunting kit. Like uh, my wife uh, inherited from a friend of hers. But you have other abilities. I didn't even think about that part. Usually when I watch a ghost hunting show, it's because they have the kit. Huh. Let's see. For me, I go to bed. Hmm, when? Maybe 11-ish. And I wake up 6-ish for classes. And I hope you guys are not hearing the dinging. I'm getting other messages, but it's my show. It's not going to happen. Uh, so I don't know. I get some, but then I sleep in the middle of the day. And if you do it at the same time each time, then you develop that habit. And I have no self-discipline, so I need to work on that. But with today, we're going to talk about the sleeping and the dreaming. One way they say to test whether or not you're dreaming uh, is actually in the show Behind Her Eyes on Netflix, which I highly recommend. It only has a few episodes. I think they're an hour each. And it is not family friendly. Don't watch it with the kiddos around. Mm. <laughs> it's effective. And if you like a Scottish accent, you'll like this show. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, this therapist has a wife. They have a strange history going on. The therapist is cheating on the wife with the receptionist. And hello, Robert. Good to see you. Ah, uh, says Mama Kay. Yes. <laughs> and you learn later in the show, I'm not going to do too much of a spoiler, that uh, the wife has been in a mental institution and she had a very close friendship uh, with both one, the therapist and one of the other patients. And she experimented with out-of-body experiences related to dreams and dealing with consciousnesses and it's just a whole thing. But it talks about testing by touch and by count. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, Another uh, something that I saw on YouTube was ask yourself when you're awake and when you're asleep, is this a dream? Just that simple. Now I'm going to feel really stupid doing that while I'm awake, <laughs> but possibly. Uh, Robert says if you eliminate caffeine, you may be able to sleep better. That is actually something I was reading about. <laughs> it, yeah, no espresso, especially, yeah, monsters. That's <laughs> like, this is Dollar Tree. It's a dollar 25. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's salted caramel. This is not product placement. But yes, you were saying. Um, yeah. So, um, like how he was saying, you know, don't drink too much caffeine. They said, don't drink caffeine after lunchtime. Try to stay away, like drink more water, less sugary things like juice. So just try to stick with like water in the afternoon to help flush out all the toxins. Wow. And probably similar with cigarettes. Probably cut those out entirely because those would be stimulants. Yeah, true. True. I don't smoke, so I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Uh, my problem would be I would suffer probably from caffeine deficiency headaches. Yeah, that only lasts for a few days, though. I went through that a couple of times, um, and then once I got past it, I felt like a whole other person. I had energy. I, I did sleep a lot better, or I stayed asleep longer. 
because that's my issue is I can fall asleep, but I can't stay asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got the bladder of an infant now. I think, again, it's that learning curve. Yeah. Forget Last about it. Last night, I think I got up like four times to use the restroom. So I feel you. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Carbs are for energy. They do. And man, me and my pasta. Oof. Uh, Karma, what is a food you cannot live without? Pizza. Carb. I love pizza. <laughs> like, I can eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah. I was talking with uh, my Chinese students. I think it was with one of them. Yeah. We were talking about how the panda only eats bamboo and fish. And I said, well, what are two foods that you could live on? And one of the students understood. The other one wasn't participating. We're not going to discuss that. But you mentioned maybe replacing with juice. What about imbued juices? Um, probably. I mean, for me, when, um, I went from having caffeine, I went to water and then I went to like juicing my own stuff. So I tried mm -hmm. to stay with more natural than artificial or anything like that concentrate. Um, it really is all about what you put in your body. It really is. And it really makes a big difference because growing up, I was fed sugar and fast food. That's literally what I grew up on until I got married. And then I had to learn how to cook. And let's see, we're 11 years into our marriage and I'm finally able to like master stuff when I bake and cook. And it, oh, yeah. it's so much better. I can feel a difference. I see a difference in my husband, my kids and yeah. <clears throat> oh, the great family. Yeah. So for holidays, you did uh, like shepherd's pie and you did other things from Harry Potter cookbook. I did. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I have the unofficial Harry Potter cookbook. I did my first shepherd pie that I've, I never even ate shepherd's pie. So I had no idea what it even entailed. Oh, wow. So um, my first try, I nailed it. And then I got, I was so impressed with how it tasted. I cried. I literally took a bite. I cried. I couldn't believe that I, I did it. And it was uplifting, inspiring. So I did that two more times in the week. I made another two shepherd's pie. They turned out really good. I was able to have my neighbor come over for New Year's and she got to try it. She's never had it. So she ended up taking leftovers home with her. <laughs> oh, I love those leftovers. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was raised on shepherd's pie, but I've had it a few times in different places. Uh, with my Celtic background, I'm all about that. I still haven't tried the haggis. I have the haggis, but I, I heard I need to get uh, potatoes and the rutabaga. Yes. So once we get the rutabaga, we will try the haggis. Excellent. Now, with doing the juice, if you don't mind, would it be okay to do a little bit of product placement? Yeah, um, my husband has to. Um, another thing that I like to add to my juice is I like to do coconut water or coconut milk, depending on like my tea. I like milk teas. So yes. I'll do like a strawberry milk tea with coconut milk. Ooh, nice. <laughs> now, and I'm curious, I want to take just a moment before we jump into how to sleep and some things related to that. Uh, the juices that you make, especially now, what are they called? 
Oh, I just like, I'll juice um, carrots, oranges. I actually have a box of oranges next to me that I got to juice later. Um, I'll juice apples, all kinds of stuff. I try not to buy store-bought juice. Nice. All right. Let's see. So in terms of sleep, we're talking about uh, reducing caffeine, uh, mm -hmm. cigarettes as early as noon. I think I would start like and just back my way up. Uh, let's see, probably maybe 8 o'clock p.m., and then just go further back as I can. Well, another good thing is talking about eating healthier to help with your body. Um, another one is you want to eat dinner three hours before your bedtime. Oh, yeah. But I never know when I'm going to go to bed exactly. I actually, so for my kids, they have a strict bedtime. They go to bed at 7. Well, my son, now that he's 11, I let him stay up until 8. Um, but his bed, he'll be in bed at seven, but he'll read a book until eight, which brings me to a second topic in a little bit about reading before bed. Um, so basically we eat at five o'clock and then they get ready for bed at six 30. Well, I tried to do four 30, but sometimes it, it's five o'clock. Um, yeah. so yep, they eat, they get ready for bed at six 30. They're in bed by seven. They don't fall asleep until about seven 30 to eight. Um, but yeah, so they're not up with energy. They don't complain about stomach aches because if you eat too, if you eat before you lay down, you can develop heartburn, restlessness, your body's active because it's got energy going. Um, so yeah, that's some, that's some things to think about. Yeah. And if you eat too close to bedtime, uh, especially if you run out of time and you just don't have a chance to eat until then, uh, make sure you lay on your Left side. Yes. Yeah, because of the way the body is lined up with the stomach. Yes. Nice. Uh, now I have specific steps uh, to help the sleep. What are your suggestions you are going to get to? Oh, so with reading, they actually suggest that reading before bed. Um, there's another one. Oh, doing like puzzles, turning off the TV. You want to make sure you turn off the TV at least an hour before bedtime to reduce the blue light that causes your brain to be active. Um, so reading, puzzling, drawing, they said, can relax the body and the mind. So as long as you're working the brain to tire it out before you fall asleep, it will help. Nice. And like uh, adult coloring books. Yes, I have this. I love them. <laughs> and dot to dot. Yes. Some of those are hard. Yeah. I've got one book that has like 1,001 dots on each one. Wow, it's amazing the stuff you can find. Let's see. So for adults in general, they say get between seven and nine hours. Eight, of course, being the average. Uh, let's see. Try to sleep a few hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, these suggestions are tough. Try to sleep a few hours after sunset and rise with the sun. Keep a morning dream journal and review it uh, regularly and meditate. Meditation is very, very helpful. Robert suggests lavender, lemon balm, passion flower, valerian, and chamomile. I yes. agree, Robert, but oh, valerian root smells so bad. <laughs> Put that on your pillowcase. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'll go with lavender. When I was younger, I couldn't stand it. It was too masculine yeah. too musky but now i love it yeah so looking at the comments here robert did bring up some of the things that i was um, gonna mention so spraying some lavender some chamomile um they said sandalwood 
uh, jasmine included, and rose. If you just kind of spray that on your pillow or in the vicinity of your bed, um, the smells will relax your body and brain to fall asleep as well. So glad you brought that up. And then um, the one above it talks about exercising, which was the other one I was going to say was if you do like light yoga, it stretches your muscles and it relaxes the whole body and brain. So that's a really good recommendation is to do uh, exercise before bed. Yeah. You mentioned to me uh, like bed yoga. Yes. I love bed yoga. So for me, um, starting out yoga, I didn't want to go intense. I didn't want to feel pressured. So I went with the laziest one, which is bed yoga. So you can go to YouTube, type in um, bed yoga. There are stretches that you can do while laying on your bed with your pillow, um, on your back, with your blankets. It's super relaxing and it helps a lot. That is fantastic. Robert says, I've not watched TV in a couple of years. Dude, more power to you. I keep running into all these shows. You should hear Car me and Karma on the phone. <laughs> watch this. No, watch this. Have you watched it yet? No, I'm busy with this one. <laughs> yeah, we're watching like four or five shows at a time trying to keep up with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and Robert agreed that Valerian Root tastes like dirty feet. It's so not <laughs> happening. And even Fight Club suggested exercise in Valerian Root. I'm not that desperate. I'll be sleepy. I'm okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. But let's see. Uh, make sure you have a sleep routine. Like you said, a regularly set uh, bedtime, certain activities to uh, kind of meditate the brain or wear it out. A good temperature. Uh, my wife likes to keep the temperature at about 65 for sleep. Me too. <laughs> and have a fan on in the middle of winter. Yeah. And our windows open. <laughs> Yeah. And wow. Similar amount of sleep each time. Um, I also found that researching and it kind of relates back to how when I was thinking about it, when I went camping or when I do go camping, um, getting morning light on you will be super um, helpful. It says morning exposure to light helps reset your body clocks, which makes it easier to fall asleep at night. So that would actually support daylight saving time uh, because it tries to match uh, sunrise and sunset in your particular location, which would agree with the go to sleep a few hours after sunset and rise with the sun. It would also agree with those uh, light therapy lamps uh, that helps with depression and irregular sleep. Yeah. Uh, I saw one, I saw a YouTube, how the military teaches soldiers to fall asleep within two minutes. Now it can take maybe six weeks of practice in five steps. First, lie face up, relax all facial muscles until they are smooth. Uh, it actually takes more muscles to frown than to smile. But this is tiring for me. So I, I don't know, fall asleep smiling. And then drop your shoulders as low as you can comfortably, uh, relaxing upper and lower muscles of each arm and then each hand and then the fingers. Breathe out, relaxing chest entirely. Again, the deep breaths. Relax the legs. Start with the thighs down to the feet and ankles and repeat something like a mantra. It can be don't think, don't think or just sleep, 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 just the same thing and not to judge yourself during the process. Yeah. Mm. 
This should allow the minds to clear completely. And you can envision yourself, depending upon what you like, as a canoe in calm, as a canoe, on a canoe in calm water with a blue sky or in a black hammock in the black of night. Just something that'll distract you from the thoughts that might be interrupting, impeding, that just won't shut up, right? I um I actually listened to uh, either Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, ambience music at night, and it's it relaxes, it's peaceful. And my husband, he actually loves listening to indigenous music, so he'll do like the flutes and the drums and yeah, yeah. I have uh, let's see, this. Oh, my little students love this little music box. <laughs> so I just need to record it. Well, if you go to, so if you go to YouTube, this is free for everybody, and then you can just type in like uh, ambience music. Uh, you can do maybe one of your favorite movies. Type in and then ambience music after it, and it will just you know there's some that are an hour to 12 hours long of all the music basically and it's yes. really relaxing and it's super helpful and looking at the comments i love what robert has to say early to bed early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise <laughs> yes i talked with a student uh from south korea her english she needs to work on but man she is so healthy she was amazing uh we talked about her routine and she gets up like 5 a.m. or something. She leaves for the gym at 545. She works at she works out at the gym for an hour. She goes to work. Then after work, she goes to the library for maybe two hours before coming home to sleep. And she sleeps maybe five hours, maybe six. She will not sleep more than seven. Like, Woman, eight. Please try for eight. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Natasha. Welcome. And Marianne, I will check the comment a little later. That is fascinating stuff. Thank you. Go ahead. So it's interesting that you're talking about how the army has like their five steps and stuff. Uh, so I've heard about this before. I've never tried it. Um, I might just try it because it, it, a lot of people talk about it and they say it's really helpful, but it's the four, seven, eight breathing method. Oh, I've heard of, I don't remember. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I've never tried it. I'm not big into controlling my breathing other than when I'm doing yoga exercises. So now that I've been doing that, it might be a little easier for me to try it. So I don't know if anybody out there has tried it or has recommendations or know somebody that's tried it. But that is one to definitely look into is the 478 breathing method. Was that... Breathe in for four, hold for seven, out for eight? I think so, yeah. yeah. Let me go ahead and write that down. Four, seven, eight, breathing. Breathing. There we go. Excellent. I'll write that in the notes, too, in the comments. Oh, and another good one um, is to take warm baths before bed, especially with, like, lavender Epsom salt. Ooh, it's really relaxing. And then like lotion, lavender lotions. I usually do that for my kids and it helps them sleep through the night. That's wonderful. Now, warm, not hot? Warm, yeah. Uh, mine is like the surface of the sun. Mine too. 
Yeah. Most of the time I find this being winter, I'm freezing. I think I'm fine, but the cir- I have no circulation in my feet, so they're frozen. So I take the shower, then I can sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Another one that I found was drumming. So this guy uh, does percussion. Uh, he was having anxiety and depression and trouble sleeping. And his doctor said, do what you're familiar with. So, you know, he's trying to sleep and he's unconsciously going. And then he said, wait a minute. So he goes for 30 seconds with a steady ry- rhythm. Left, right, left, right, left, right. And slow breathing. And it says this, uh, the brain loves patterns. So the brain will get stuck on that and then just gradually slow it down. And that will also slow your brain down. I like that. Yeah, it's like a metronome. Robert says, deep breathing in bed helps to sleep. Yes. Natasha, I do that in the morning. Salt baths with lavender. Yes, salt baths. I could also recommend the, what was that, sensory deprivation tank thingy? Yes. I'm so excited that you got to do that. I'm looking forward to trying it this summer. Yeah. Again, if you've never tried it before, please, please make sure you do the half hour. Don't try for the hour. Uh, <laughs> and drink lots and lots of water beforehand. Oh. Robert says, hot is okay for ladies. Okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I think-, think I've ever met a, a man that likes the hot showers. They always want to take cold showers, and I hate it. I'm like, oh, it's so cold. How do you touch that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife, before she was wife, uh, she took showers where it was cold enough that you sought the heat. There was heat in there, but you had to look for it. Yeah. But since she's been on hormone replacement therapy, she has switched to the hot showers. She now understands the need for a nap. So it's interesting. I wonder about gender differences in sleep and various habits. Yes. So that's interesting because they always say that, you know, women, their brain's more active and we're constantly stressing and thinking about things. So it's harder for us to fall asleep than it is for guys. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I wonder if we could take that back to evolutionary psychology with the hunter versus gatherer thing. So that would mean that for males, they would perhaps be hardwired for action, whereas females were busy talking, thinking things through, plotting, planning. But then the males would be plotting and planning for action. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. We're all like it's just completely different for, you know, boys and girls. Um, There is some mutual ground, but we, we are completely different. And it's very interesting. Yeah, it goes back to men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Uh, men are more action oriented, women want to talk it out. Uh, Someone is upset, a man will say, what can I do to resolve this? And a woman will say, tell me about it. Tell me what's going on, what's on your mind? So yeah, hello Cassidy. All right, Robert says, vitamins may give energy, so I take them early. And though vitamin C at night gives much energy the next day. Cassidy says males also suffer an attrition factor that seems to be foreign to females. Attrition, nice. Melatonin, 5MG at night before bed. Natasha. Yep, yes. <laughs> My husband does that. He takes the melatonin. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, I wish I had bought them out. One of these days, I'll realize if I see something at Dollar Tree that's good, buy them before they get discontinued. They had, uh, you know those very thin uh, strips of mint that just dissolve in your mouth? Yes. For a while, they had that in melatonin. I didn't know that. They did. It was like years ago, and I still remember. It was beautiful. You might be able to find it on Amazon. That's a good point. But it's funny, the things that they continue and discontinue. Like uh, for holidays, Mountain Dew had the gingerbread Mountain Dew. I still have like a 12-pack. I can sell each can for five bucks. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and if I want sleep, I should probably do that so I don't drink so much caffeine. There you go. And you're making money on top of it. I like it. <laughs> all about making the money. Uh, Robert says, all other genders are from Uranus. Ah, uh, that. <laughs> That's a whole other show, my friend. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any other suggestions to help sleep or to help stay asleep? Um, other than make sure you turn off your electronics at least an hour before bedtime. Um, just try to do maybe some puzzling. I love puzzling. That relaxes my brain a lot. Um, or read a book. I think reading books before bed is very important. Um, it could even be a comic book, the newspaper, you know, just read, get your brain to be doing something else. Um, but other than that, yeah, and, and try to not eat, you know, before bed as much as possible. And if you do need to snack, which I'm a snacker, <laughs> I try to snack on like carrots or um, celery, celery is really good because it also flosses your teeth, which my teeth are pushed together. So it's hard to really floss. So if I eat the celery, it cleans it pretty well. Yeah, but I cannot do celery without peanut butter. I put peanut butter on almost everything. Yeah, my husband, I like will find him in the middle of the night snacking on peanut butter with the spoon. And I'm just like, why you make me want peanut butter? <laughs> yeah, I'll do that, but I'll put honey in it first. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it is. And do not snack on this. Again, Dollar Tree. They Dollar Tree has Godiva. Just saying. I swear, Dollar Tree has to, like, uh, sponsor me sometime. I'm kidding. Uh, so Cassidy says, please note, I'm, I am using biological term, not gender term. Sayoka have been accepted throughout human history until shortly before Victorian times. We will not discuss Victorian times. <laughs> Uh, if you want some good erotica around that time, that would be Anais Nin, but that's a different show. Robert says, I hadn't thought of twins in the womb till Cass mentioned it. Oh, and he says, exercise in the day will bring sleep. Yes. Nice. So what time do you exercise, Karma? Ooh, okay. So before my accidents last year, I was heavily doing yoga in the morning for about an hour and a half. And then um, that's after taking my son to school, feeding my daughter. Um, at that time, she was taking two naps during during the day. So she would do an early nap. So I'd go out, do my own thing, turn off the TV. I, I only use YouTube yoga. I find that a lot more people are more connected that way. And I like it because you can find um, what suits you best. And so you're not paying for things and going, oh, I wasted my money. Um, they don't push you. Like if you were to pay for like a membership, it's all on you, what you're comfortable with. So for me, um, with dealing with the accidents and going through physical therapy, um, I finally was able to start 
going back to exercising, well, yoga for me, um, January 1st of this year. So I've exercised every single day. I haven't missed a day. Um, I'm coming up on, what is it today? The 27th. So today will be my 27th day in a row of doing it. I usually try to do it right around seven at night. Um, I usually eat at like, like I said, 4.30 to 5, exercise between 7, 7.30, take my hot shower, and then about 9 o'clock, I'm watching TV or listening to music, and then I go to bed around 10, 30, 11, just depending on how tired I am. Yeah, I think my first step, sadly, anything to avoid the exercise would be to establish a regular bedtime, and then I'll worry about the rest. You gotta do the bedtime yoga. It's so fun. It's so relaxing, and it gets you like so motivated. You're like, well, I can do this. So then you start to go, well, what else can I do? That'd be very good. But then motivated right before bed, I don't know. My exercise at this point has been, I'm making candles. I'm making soap. That's not, med that's meditative. That's not exercise. <laughs> that's waiting for it to boil. Melts, doggone it, melts, you evil thing. Robert says, cream cheese and celery is pretty good. Uh, oh. Natasha loves chamomile tea. Uh, there's also sleepy time tea. And Cassidy says, that's how you kill a Cassidy. Nods, true story. I think that's exercise, the yoga. Oh, you guys uh, are ruining celery for me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Natasha says, no, celery's like soap. Not with enough peanut butter. Anything's better with either enough peanut butter or onions. I don't know. I love onions. <laughs> yeah. My dad puts uh, peanut butter on anything. I forget if I mentioned Um there is a downtown restaurant in Lafayette, Indiana that sells a bohemian sandwich. So if you're daring and can find any place that has ham salad, ham salad, peanut butter, sandwich. I don't, I don't eat anything with pig in it. I can understand. <laughs> but it's unique. It's a very unique taste. Let's see. Cassidy says, I can't watch YouTube yoga. I get distracted for scientific reasons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could try doing a yoga video, but that wouldn't work either. Never had that. Natasha, no one has had that. Everyone's scared of it. I think even the waiter is like, you really want to order that? <laughs> Cassidy says, pigs have souls. That's commendable karma. Very good. Ah. Now, we're around about the halfway point. Let's talk about dreams. Yes. <clears throat> All right. So, go ahead. So I, once again, everybody knows how I'm into Harry Potter, but I love two quotes that talk about dreams from the series. And one of them says, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. That is a big one. A lot of people, like including me, I don't know about anybody else, but for me at least, and I have met other people, when we dream and we do remember our dreams, it's hard to separate during the day from your dreams because I'm constantly thinking okay so I dreamt about this it's it's now rolled over into my day sometimes it affects my day so for me to don't forget to live in the moment of the day is very hard so I love looking at that quote to help snap me back to reality wow. uh, the second one is for in dreams we enter a world that is entirely our own let them swim in the deepest ocean or glide over the highest cloud. 
I love that because it, it allows our soul to be free. We get to express ourselves in a safe environment. And I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is amazing. It's commendable. I have so much difficulty remembering my dreams. I cannot have not lucid dreamed to my knowledge. I was talking with my Saudi Arabian student this morning. And I said, well, in Saudi Arabia, in your culture, are dreams important? And she said, well, yeah, sometimes they might uh, give you some answers you need or tell you a little bit about what may happen. Uh, I said, do you remember your dreams? She said, rarely. I don't get enough sleep, but when I get too much sleep, I'll actually dream. And I had to keep the question simple. And I said, can you control dreams? Do you recognize when you are dreaming? And she said, often, yeah. Why not me? I got to practice. So I watched video. So I have some uh, steps on that. Now, ooh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Robert says, it's difficult for me to eat pork. Cassidy says, I have to not think about it. And Robert says, <clears throat> porks have one stomach. So pigs have one stomach. I only have one stomach. So I'm glad I have one stomach because I'll keep eating. I'm bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm... I almost get food and I have to stop. Is it because I'm bored? Is it because I'm craving something? Am I actually hungry? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you got to think about it. Uh, Robert says, if I dream, I have few recollections uh, because of TBI. Yeah. Cassidy says, there are old stories. In the old stories, it is said that pigs were once human, that becoming pigs was the human side of agreement between man and the animals that led to domestication. And that there is, I know there is some sort of thing about the way we treat pigs or whatever is happening with pigs that will indicate uh, troubled times or not troubled times. I don't remember the details. So I heard this. I don't know how true this is. And I really don't ever want to find out how true it is. But I also heard that pork is very similar to like human. Huh. I don't know if that's true. Someone out there, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Heard anyone, the same thing. <laughs> I have not. Most of the time you hear, oh, everything tastes like chicken. Yeah. And so. then chickens are supposed to be like related to like the T-Rex. Yep. T-Rex. My son just shouted it out. <laughs> <laughs> chicken. I'm like, I'm eating dinosaur. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I Cassidy can't... agrees with me. <laughs> You're really true. Have you read Animal Farm? Love Animal Farm. I love that book. I actually downloaded it um, on my Audible book series so I can start listening to it again. Yeah. But I don't know if that'd be best right before bed. That could give you some interesting dreams. I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to read a nice nin before bed. I'm going to wake up happy. Uh, <laughs> other show. Uh, seems like today's. Oh, Robert, that's another show. We could get into it, but whew. Uh, Cassidy says, hyperphysics points to this not being far from the truth. Interesting. So with the lucid dream, everybody can do that. So everyone is capable of doing that. Huh. I wonder. They talk about madness being closely connected, well, quote unquote madness, being closely connected with creativity. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole thing we could talk about there. Um, that's funny that you brought that up because um, I actually 
was reading stuff and I wanted to write some stuff down, but they were saying that lucid dreaming is also linked to people who have stress, anxiety, depression associated with, it's all associated with vivid dreaming. So physical illnesses like heart disease and cancer have also been linked to um, vivid dreaming as well. Wow. So it seems that troubles, uh, physical, mental troubles somehow help with enabling. Speaking of enabling, <laughs> Cassidy's like, uh-uh, nope, I deny, I deny. <laughs> <laughs> but then my inability would then, if we turn the uh, logic around, A equals B, B equals C, A equals C, and then turn it backwards, C equals A, that would mean I am sane, and that's in No, that's not true either. <laughs> so I'm just saying, maybe I'm in the wrong life. Oh, wait. <laughs> Uh, multiverse. I'm in the wrong multiverse. There you go. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, what's also interesting is that with um, therapy on all kinds of different methods that are now coming out, they're saying that when you do lucid dreaming during a therapy session, that it can help people with PTSD as well. And I thought that was interesting because I lucid dream and I suffer from anxiety, stress, depression, PTSD. I have, I'm going through chemo right now. So I thought this was very interesting because I vivid dream like nobody else. (laughs) I feel like, because every time I tell somebody my dream, they're like, A, how do you remember? B, you dream in color. That's amazing because I guess a lot of people don't dream in color. Um, And I dream every night and I can control my dreams almost 95% of the time. That's amazing. Now, I dream in color, so I hadn't even thought about that part. Uh, Let's see about theories. So the Saudi Arabian woman said uh, to give you answers or to give ideas about the future and she can control them uh my wife before hormone replacement therapy said dreams were memories simply memories uh memory theory suggests uh dreams are a way of getting rid of the minuscule information from your mind to free up more space for other things Freud, of course, said dreams are your repressed desires as represented in symbolic things for which the conscious mind cannot deal. Uh, Jung would say dreams are archetypal representations uh, in order to provide insight. Um, Can you think of any other theories? Um, So for me, I'm very open minded. I like to think that everything is connected. So memories, past life memories, um, future things that can happen, spirits talking to you, um, ancestors, or just memories. So they were saying that the part of the brain when we're learning during the day is very active at night when we're dreaming. So the things that we're learning are being implemented into our dreams. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. That kind of brings it all together. Uh, Cassidy does have a question for you. Would you be comfortable answering now or you can contact him? Oh, no, I can answer that. I saw it. I just didn't want to um, interrupt and lose. Yeah, I, I was on a roll. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. So um, I was diagnosed back in 2011 with Crohn's. Um, at the time, it wasn't severe. 
Um, after being diagnosed, I lost my medical. And then about two years later, I got with Kaiser. So in California, Kaiser is a very big like hospital. It's like all over. It's one of the main places out here. I don't like them. I've had them when I was a kid. I didn't like them. Um, so I, I went there in 2013. I brought all my paperwork. I said, hey, I have Crohn's. This is what I was diagnosed with. And I need to be put on medicine for this. So at the time I started taking, cause I lost my medical. So I started doing CBD treatments, um, smoking medical marijuana, um, and it had put it in remission. So when they went to go check me, they were like, oh, you're fine. You're healthy. There's nothing down. Well, my GI doctor was a big jerk. He wouldn't listen to me. He kept telling me I was lying. Um, it, it broke me. So I spent a couple of years not being treated. I had my first car accident last year. It was a side impact. So my whole body was jerked to the side. So where my waist is, that's where the center console part was. And it's high up. So my body got pushed into it. Um, a couple of days later, I couldn't stop. It was so painful in my intestines that I went in. Um, they did emergency colonoscopy and they found that um, it was so bad that I had to be put onto a treatment that is a form of chemo. Uh, it's infusions and they said that it's so bad that if I don't do this, that I'm looking at cancer in three to five years, possibly uh, surgery removal of some of my intestines. Um, so I got a new GI doctor. The other one retired two years ago. So the guy that I ended up getting after my car accident treated me for everything. He's the one that found out that I had a tumor in my throat. My own doctor still hasn't contacted me to see how I'm doing, by the way. And it's been a couple of months. So that gives you an idea of the medical out here. It's not the greatest. <laughs> so, yeah, they that's need more nurses like my mother, because the nurse yeah. that answers the phone is not worth. Mm -mm. Oh, no. I complained about my medical <laughs> stuff sometimes. But yeah, um, so far, um, my treatments, they're fine. I did have some bad reaction to it. So they have to drug me up pretty well for it. Um, I don't feel a big difference. I actually feel like it might be making things worse. So my next appointment is like the first, the second day of February. So I'm going to talk to them, let them know how I'm feeling. And we may have to do more intense stuff. But you've adjusted. I remember you talking about uh, your first chemo, and I remember how you talked about the last chemo that you did, and you're doing a lot better with it. Yes. Not in terms of how it's helping you, but how you're dealing with actually having to go through it. Yeah. So my first treatment, we didn't know I was going to have a bad reaction to it. It was supposed to take three hours. It took seven hours. Mm. I was the last one to leave the chemo department. Um, the other ones... All, all of the rest have been three hours and I perfectly did those because they found a concoction that helps me not break out. I was breaking out from head to toe. I had the sweats. I was, yeah, it was, it was not so good. So they had to stick me with steroids. Steroids didn't work. So then they gave me a ton of Benadryl and that stuff knocked me out. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's what I get every time I go in is the, all that cocktail, basically steroids, the, all of it. I gotcha. Uh, Cassidy wonders if he could help. I always love your help, Cassidy. I'm just not a person that reaches out because I feel 
I'm, I'm shy. So I don't want to like overstep my boundary. I don't want to like, you know, pressure somebody into doing something. Or I know that you're busy. You have lots of things that you're doing. So I'm not one to always reach out, but I'm always accepting. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Robert is explaining everything about Animal Farm. I highly recommend the book. Uh, if you don't have time to read, I'm sure audio uh, version is pretty cheap. You could probably find the audio on YouTube. All right. So if you uh, have Audible, um, it's actually free to download. It's part of the, the group itself. There are free books for it. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. And yeah, Cassidy has messaged. All right. So whew, it's incredible. Okay, <laughs> with, yeah, everything you've been through. And yeah, it makes me wonder... But you've been able to lucid dream uh, and remember your dreams and such your whole life. Is that right? Yes. And I actually, um, I'm going to talk about a little thing real quick. And then I'll tell you guys um, some really hard dreams that I've had that have come true. Almost as if my spirit guides or ancestors were telling me something. Um, I don't think it was to prevent anything. I think it was more of letting me know so I would be okay with what was gonna happen. Um, so going back to you talking to your student about how her culture talks about dreaming and how it's important. Well, to a lot of indigenous people around the world, um, dreaming is huge. It's a communication, it's a form of, um, you know, your ancestors communicating. And they believe that once they would wake up that they would share it, not just like between them and their loved ones, but with the community, because they believe that the dream may not just be for them. It could be for anybody. So they would communicate with that. So going about that, um, one of the dreams that I had a couple years ago, um, I didn't know my mother-in-law was going to have surgery. Um, it was like, I want to say four or five days before her surgery that I had a dream about her going in. She had Kaiser as well, by the way. <laughs> um, mm. So I had a dream that she went in, it was supposed to be a routine checkup, like a little surgery, not a big thing, but like to, I'm sorry, my kids. <laughs> so um, it was supposed to be like a biopsy, a little like incision, go in, clip it, check it. Well, um, in my dream, I saw, you guys, hold on real quick. So I, in my dream, I saw that she had gone in, she, got the thing and that whatever happened, she was bleeding out and they couldn't stop it. And I kept having these dreams a couple nights. And then my, my husband told me, Hey, mom's going in on Friday to have a biopsy. And I was just like, no, yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you any of my dreams. So why would you even come to me and tell me this? So I, I sat down with him. I told him my concerns. He just looked, cause he understands. He's like, he understands that if I dream about something, a lot of times it does come true, or I can guess when something's about to happen or just know things. And he sat down with me. He was like, well, what do you want to do about it? Do you want to talk to her? And I said, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I'm overreacting. I don't know like if I'm meant to say anything. I just didn't know how to go about it. So I did talk to her a little bit, not anything, um, I didn't call and be like, hey, don't do it. I just called and said, how do you feel about it? What's going on? Things like that. 
So I voiced my concern a little bit saying, well, I'm a little uncomfortable, but if you feel like it's okay, then I'm okay. So mm -hmm. I was going to go down and see her the day before something happened to where we didn't make it down there, unfortunately. And she went in that morning and that night we were doing our first, um, Christmas tree light up with my daughter. She wasn't even one yet. Her birthday was going to be like the following month. So this is December 1st of 2017. And I'm with my friends, we're with the kids and they're counting down to turn the lights on and I get a phone call. And as the lights go on, I heard from a family member that my mother-in-law passed away. So we gathered the kids up, we left. I picked up my husband from work and we all gathered as a family in Sacramento and drove down to the Bay to be with my father-in-law and my sister-in-law. And when I got there, they told me that she had bled out from a very minor thing. And um, it was just my dream that came true, every single part of it. And it was very hard to accept it. And I felt like I should have pushed harder for her not to do it, even though eventually it was going to get done anyways. So it was just really tough. Um, all between December 1st of 2017, all the way through that year of 2018 to the January of 2019, I predicted six of my family slash friends who passed away through my dreams. And it was like two or three days later that I got that phone call. So I don't like dreaming. <laughs> I never know what's really going to happen. Um, but I also enjoy dreaming because it is an escape from a reality that, you know, is hard. And sometimes dreaming is just better. Sometimes it's not. Um, but yeah, so like with me being Native American, I highly believe that dreams are more than just memories. I feel like it's communication when needs be. Mm -hmm. uh, I am so sorry. Can you just give me one second? I'll be sure. Right sure. No problem. All right. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah, you never know sometimes what to do with information. Um, so she'll do the personal stories. I'll do the advice. So if you would like to see about lucid dreaming, you can take uh, three to five minutes uh, and should see results in one week to one month. Uh, you can use binaural beats. They can be helpful. Uh, first step is alarm clock. Set your alarm for a usual time, but also set another alarm for four to six hours after you think you will fall asleep. Uh, because by then you should experience your longest uh, REM or rapid eye movement. Uh, that is the dreaming phase. Uh, second step, use the bathroom and journal any dream because uh, you should have woken up about that time of the dreaming. You could stay awake for maybe 20, 30 minutes and hopefully get back to sleep. I'm always going to the bathroom, so you think I'd remember more. Step three, uh, lay down and imagine what you want to do in a dream. Step four, <clears throat> mantra. I will be aware and lucid in the next dream. Uh, maybe two or three minutes, then sleep. So mantra. Whatever mantra it may be, I will lucid dream. I will be able to control my dream. Uh, two or three minutes. In lucid dream, stabilize before excitement wakes you. If you realize in your dream that, wait, I'm dreaming, and then I can control something, you might go nuts. You might get excited. You'll be like, yeah, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. And then 
what am I going to do? So try to stay calm in the dream. Sit down. Pay attention. Notice things. Look around. Because it's not reality. Even if it's not as exciting as you want it to be, there's something interesting there. Uh, stay calm and don't rush. Reality check. Uh, again, if you don't know whether or not it's real, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, touch. Uh, look at your hand. You might have four fingers, six fingers, something unusual. Uh, let's see, observe everything with all the senses uh, to solidify in your mind so that you remember it better. And rub your hands or spin to clear the dream. Uh, think clarity or stability. So just to be clear and not get things confused or accidentally wake up. So I filled the time. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really good what you had to say. And um, I'm going to try to remember the whole touching the finger things. Even though I can determine, I still want to see if I can remember to do that. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really good in that show. Um, I don't remember where I was going to go with that. But, yeah, I haven't tried that yet. And, yeah, you recognize things. But like you said, with your ability uh, and the connection between dream and reality for you, uh, it might actually be helpful for you if during the day you say, am I dreaming? Is this yeah. real? Yes. Um, I've actually caught myself saying that out loud sometimes because I've had dreams where I woke up and then woke up again. And watching movies like that gives me anxiety because I've I've lived that and then there's times where I've had intense dreams and I wake up and I'm paralyzed for a while like I can't move I can't talk but I'm oh, fully yeah. awake yeah there is a condition yeah that is actually a psychological condition I forget what it's called like sleep I, I don't remember there are YouTube paralysis yes sleep paralysis yeah oof so, yeah, that was a hard year for you. But did you ever dream about the accidents that you had last year? Okay, so yes, yes. But it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like back to back like some of my other dreams. Um, mm -hmm. That one, it, it was really interesting because it was one of those dreams where I woke up and then woke up again. Um, and this happened a couple of times. It was like the same dream with the car accident. Um, it wasn't in my dream. It wasn't the same as reality happening, but I kept dreaming of a car accident over and over and over. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's, there's so many dreams. I'm not kidding. Like I can remember all my dreams. I had one as a kid where it stuck to me this day. And I, I kept telling my family about it. I was like, I, I know there's a message for it but I couldn't understand what it was trying to tell me. Um, it had to do with my cousin. She was in it. She, uh, she was with me most of the dream. We were running and we would get in the car and we were trying to outrun a disaster. It was, it was pretty bad. It was like the whole world was gone mad. So you're trying to avoid these people that want to kill us. Um, there's like rabid animals going on. There's like a volcano going off. But the weirdest part to me was we were being chased down by like a wolf figure the entire time. Like we couldn't shake this wolf figure. And my cousin, it was just the two of I at the, basically by the end of my dream. And she sacrificed herself, which in reality, I don't think my cousin would really sacrifice herself. But 
um, she sacrificed herself for me to be able to keep going. And I remember, <laughs> I remember waking up, I was in my room and it was dark. And I remember going, oh, it was just a dream. And then out of the darkness was this wolf figure and he just popped out at me and it, I screamed and I woke up, woke up in my bedroom wow. and it was morning and it bothered me. And so I, I kept talking about it. I never dreamt of it again, but to this day, I still can feel how scary and realistic it was. It felt so real. Mm-hmm. So it's still with me. <laughs> That is really interesting. Yeah, if you ever wrote it out, I would I would analyze the hell out of that because you had a hell of an upbringing. Yeah. And so I'm looking at like the symbolism in there and yeah, I'd be looking up all sorts all sorts of things. But the fact that it stuck with you. And I don't have anything like that. The closest I have is what I told you about. It looked like a cockpit of a ship of some sort. There's this big uh front windshield type thing but I was in a white was I in a white outfit I don't know but all the people around me were ignoring me but they were in white outfits I told you about this it was like uh then they weren't suits and they weren't robes yes it almost looked medical but not quite yes and I remember you said that because I had told you after watching this um, interesting documentary where this guy goes to the Vatican, goes underground into the vault to get to the library because he needed to, um, he had some information about a UFO and he knew that the Vatican had some similar information from like the 1500s that had the same craft. So he walked through this part of the building to get there and in this building it was like seven stories up and he was on the bottom and it was just like a very open building with just floors that you can see up and all the rooms were just glass but it wasn't glass he said he actually asked him oh is this glass he said no it's a metal it's a type of metal and he was like what kind of metal looks like glass And in one of them, he described seeing a ship-like form that had, like, really big weapons. And everybody that was in there was wearing white suits, but it wasn't, like, medical. It wasn't, like, robes. It was just a weird situation where everyone was not talking. They wouldn't look at each other. They didn't even acknowledge them. It was just, like, focused. And he said it was so creepy. And no one went into the rooms. Um, Everyone was on the outside writing things down about these different objects and one of the objects in because he said all the boxes because they were boxes of glass, but really metal. They were different sizes, like some of them range from like six foot to 12 feet to three feet. Um, And one of them had like a it was like a little metal object. And then on the end was like a glowing globe, a blue So, and I had told you about that. And that's when you were like, oh, my dream. And we thought, oh, what if there was a connection there? Yeah, and that's so strange. So it makes me wonder. Uh, Robert says transparent aluminum. Yeah, okay. That would make a lot of sense. And that's a great example of why you should look around in your dream. Because I kept having this dream, but it was always as a child. So if I am 40 right now... (laughs) Uh, then let's say that was like 30 years ago but I didn't think to look up you know I didn't think to look in their hands I was just 
looking around like nobody's noticing me here. So it's a wonder if it's uh, astral travel, uh, different lifetime, or just a similarity. Maybe it's like um, <clears throat> where it's crossing another reality for you. And you're like now seeing something that your other person's seeing. I can see that. Nice. Yeah, I love the whole multiverse thing. It's absolutely fascinating. And now Cassidy, I don't know that Cassidy's still around. Uh, Cassidy talks about hyperspace. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell that is. It's, it's something beyond the dreamscape, but it's spirit, but it's only something you interact with in your sleep. You know anything about hyperspace? Not too much. And yes, Cassidy is here. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I'm here and just listening. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's not something that like I've sat down and researched a lot. It's something that I want to definitely get to at some point in my life to understand. Um, I find it very interesting, the thoughts on it. Um, Cassidy says, I am told I tend to take over the, over the conversation this comes up on yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that spelling i think you need more sleep love but <laughs> that's okay. all right i have kids so i can i can determine what's what <laughs> you can translate oh he's hiding now but yeah because i mentioned to him man i don't know i've always been tired but the past few months i've been so freaking sleepy despite however much I try to sleep. And he said, maybe you've been active in hyperspace. I said, what do you mean? He said, I can't tell you. You know, you got to <laughs> find out for yourself. Or do I need not too much enough sleep? <laughs> <laughs> not the brain. Ow, ow, ow. So, yeah. What about uh, friends and family? Uh, what have you found with their dreams? Do you think theirs that they've shared with you have been more memories or insight or what? A lot of them don't remember their dreams. Um, my uncle always found my dreams to be interesting and fascinating. So he'd be like, oh, what'd you dream last night? Because he's like, I don't dream in color. I dream in black and white. He's like, I know most people don't dream in color. And he's like, most people don't remember their dreams at all. So he's like, I find that it's fascinating that you do. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, that that's one aspect. My aunt and I never spoke. So I really don't know how she operated. I know that she's got gifts like I do. So mm -hmm. she probably dreams like I do. My cousin doesn't remember her dreams. Um, she wakes up and she's just like, Man, I don't know. <laughs> My husband, he has night terrors. He suffers a lot from night terrors. So um, when he wakes up, he's always in a bad mood. And he's like, I got to pull myself out of that reality and know that it's not the same as being awake. So that's mm -hmm. a little harder for him. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm, I really just don't know a lot of people that dream like I do. Oh, and I only remember bits and pieces. Mm. Like the only thing I remember from this morning when I took a nap was with trichotillomania, a lot of people who pull out their hair will eat it and they'll develop fur balls and weird stuff like that, which is weird because I have the trichotillomania, but I cannot stand the feeling of anything stuck in my mouth or in my throat, cannot stand it. But in this dream, I had... Uh, I was doing something like this. I was in the living room with my wife 
and I start to pull a hair and it's ridiculously long. And I pointed out to her like, this is not yours. What the hell? And she gives me this look and it's one of those, we don't even have to talk. I said, oh yeah, let me show, let me pull this rabbit, you know, out of my, or let me pull this uh, handkerchief, you know, the handkerchief trick. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, but that's interesting because I went to, um, in middle school, I had this girl in my class and she would pick all her eyebrows and eat it. And then she'd move on to her eyelashes and then she moved on to her head. So eventually she came to school with no eyelashes, no um, eyebrows. And then she had to shave her head as well. Yeah. And I find that after having shaved my head, I'm doing this to keep warm. Look at the progress. And I look, I look like, uh, Cassidy said, I look like uh, the... I don't remember her name. Uh, the professor who taught how to ride a broom in Harry Potter. Yes. Um, do you remember? I cannot think right now on the spot. Professor. Sir. It starts with an H. Z. Uh, no, I don't think it starts with a Z, baby. It starts with an H. I don't remember. But it helped. It's, it's yeah. It started with H-O. It started with an H-O. Yeah. <laughs> H-O-O something. But yeah, that helped. So now, since I'm as old as I am, I'm doing the whole tweezing the chin thing. And so that takes care of uh, my tri uh, trick. They call it trick for short. Okay. Natasha says, when I was a kid, I had a dream. My two kids were flying above me to the house. I ended up living in as a mom of them. Nice. Cassidy says hyperspace is any plane of reality which is more dense in energy matter than uh, physical atomic histical matter. Interesting. Uh, places like the dream time, astral, spiritual planes. So it could be any of, any of the above, which makes that as an explanation rather easy, perhaps. Okay, something is definitely wrong with Grammarly. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So I actually have a question for you. Uh -oh. Do you know how long people tend to dream for at night and how uh, many dreams a person can have? Uh, let's see. It is actually a lot shorter than we perceive it to be. It is, I want to say like 30 seconds to two minutes. So they were saying it could be a few seconds to 20 to 30 minutes. Mm. And it's usually in cycles, so maybe two to three. So they were saying it could be three to five dreams, and then some oh. people can have up to seven dreams, mm -hmm. which I know I have had up to seven different dreams because when you're lucid dreaming and you go from no, not knowing to knowing you're dreaming, I tend to change what's going on and then change what's going on and then change what's going on. So it's different um, throughout the whole dream. Wow. Um, so what steps, once you have realized you're lucid dreaming, what do you suggest? Uh, just go with it. Like, don't try to fight it, but just know that, like, if something happens and you're not enjoying it, that you can change that aspect and or realize it cannot hurt me. And then once you understand those steps, um, you're more relaxed and you can handle with what's going on. I'm not a person that likes to not be in control. I like to be controlling. <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to relax when doing anything, but 
because I've done it most of my life, I'm assuming that I'm comfortable with realizing, all right, if this is a nightmare, I can get myself out of it. Sometimes, like I said, I sometimes I can't lucid dream and I'm having a nightmare and I wake up and I'm like, I cannot go back to sleep. That felt so real. Um, They had put me on a sleep medication after my first car accident. Um, It enhanced my dreams. It definitely gave me nightmares, intense nightmares to where I thought the devil was like next to me. And I cried and my husband had to stay up with me the whole night. My next day, I actually had a group therapy appointment and another person said something to the counselor and said, hey, this is the sleep medication I'm on. And I've been dreaming about Satan. And I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, I am not the only one experiencing this. So research showed that the people who took this kind of medication, they had intense nightmares. Um, They dreamt a lot about like devils and things like that. So I just thought, oh my gosh, I got rid of that. I don't do that. (laughs) It was so scary. And growing up with spiritual activity around me, I've seen some not hot things, but that right there, that night, I was so scared. I was shaking when I woke up. I really thought something was going to grab my soul. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. With that, what do you think about what people say about? That's exactly what I was taking. uh, Trazodone. Yes. Wow. Don't think I've ever tried that, thankfully. Aye, aye, aye. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think of people talking about... um, if you die in your dream, you die in real life, or how common the falling dream is, or the naked dream. So I've not had a naked dream. I find that would be kind of cool, though. But the falling dream, I realize when I'm falling, I wake up, and I'm sweating, and my heart's racing. So I feel like when someone says that someone can die in their sleep, when they're having a nightmare like that, I kind of feel like that could be possible because your your adrenaline's rushing so much that if you have heart issues, it could probably do that to you. And or your body may just be telling you it's your time to go and it's just like that release moment. I mean, definitely possible. I try not to think that, or I try to keep an open mind about things, like anything's possible. We don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I remember watching uh, some behind the scenes things about the creation of Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think the original was based upon a story, a news story that was read about a tribe uh, somewhere overseas. Uh, all of these people were dying uh, in their sleep, from their sleep, uh, some sort of condition. And that's what inspired it. Mm-hmm. I love Nightmare on Elm Street, and I definitely have read about that. Yeah. So yes, amazing. <laughs> but, like, what about like you can literally be scared to death, and I feel like that could so be possible in your dream. Wow, so little scares me. I can't imagine. I have this weird imagination that <clears throat> if I'm sitting in a car waiting on a train, I can easily envision that train just sliding the heck off of the track and hitting. I can see myself, you know, I'm going up this long flight of stairs. I can see myself just falling the hell down. And I don't know why, but nothing scares me. So I don't know. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you've got that family. So you've got that maternal instinct. But you've always been scared even before family? Yeah. I just, 
I like the whole Final Destination movies. I don't watch those because I feel like that's so possible. So in California, we get a lot of trucks with giant pieces of trees on the back. A ton of metal poles sticking Mm -hmm. out the back end and there's no like like things holding it there's no uh red flag on the back of it to tell you like how how far out they are it's it gets really iffy out here and then there's like these vehicles modesto i know that cassidy will understand when i say this modesto california is one of the most ghetto places you can go to so you'll see like cars piling up like beds and cans and um like couches and TVs and it's just like one solid brick up and it barely makes it underneath like the lights and there's nothing holding it and you can see it swaying and you're just like please don't let me die by this please don't let me go out like this like this is not okay (laughs) oh and I swear those Final Destination movies everyone who has seen them will not drive behind one of those vehicles I will not I will get into the other lane I don't care if it's stop traffic (laughs) (laughs) yeah Cassidy says I think death in a dream only scares those people who fear death I've noticed that people who are who have lived hard lives tend to die in their dreams interesting and you're right about Modesto (laughs) Um, Natasha says, I can get high in my dreams, can do drugs in there. There. Cassie says, there's, nice. <laughs> yeah. so there's a reason George Lucas based uh, Tatooine on Modesto. <laughs> yes. yes. I don't know. That's a Star, you, uh, Star Wars. Whenever you come out here, I'll take you to Modesto and you'll know exactly what I mean. Like it's Tweakerville. No joke. Wow. It's. I'd rather take my chances in San Francisco or some other place, but or like Bakersfield too. It's just as bad as Modesto. <laughs> wow. Now Weird Al has an album called Straight Out of Linwood. You know anything about Linwood? Yes. Is my husband good? actually goes there. Um, well, he used to go out there quite a bit um, when he was doing his long hauls. Uh, yeah. The song that you're talking about, he hits it pretty spot on. Wow. Now, I'm curious, what about the effect of magic mushrooms on sleeper dreams? Yes. Okay. Now that I'm more into that stuff, um, I notice that when I'm drinking our lemonades, which is microdosing um, psychedelic lemonades, uh, so it's very little amount that goes in and we've got, we we perfected it enough to where, yeah, can't even tell that there's anything in it like it's kind of dangerous so we actually had to put a warning label on it um and i always tell people i'm like you know if you've never tried it drink little bits throughout the day um because everyone's affected differently especially with microdosing too like you can still feel a little bit of something a change um not anything where you need to be babysat or anything it's very mild um so i noticed that with me taking it at night um i drink it after yoga and it like that energy release with that it's just I can't even describe the feeling I have it helps my depression my stress um I see more colors vibrant colors and I notice that I do have more of a relaxed time and easier for me to fall asleep when Mm -hmm. I do drink that I just don't want to drink them all the time and 
it's not cost, you know, it, it doesn't cost me anything to drink it, but I don't want to drink all of them up either. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I noticed that there's a big difference. Nice. Yeah, Natasha says, I want it. <laughs> one day, one day, make America great by allowing this stuff, you know, to heal our bodies. And once that happens, then we can start promoting our product outside of California. Yeah. A lot of people are very curious about the product. I was kind of trying to hint at you discussing it. What is your product called? It's called um, Elevated Elixirs. Um, here, I will pull up a page. We, If you are interested in seeing what our product is, if you have an Instagram account, um, we post up daily, well, almost daily of our products. Um, I will show you. So, Let's see if I can get this right, everybody. I'm I sorry. know the, le- the left right is a pain. So it's elevated elixir. Sorry, I'm trying. Let's see. Ah, I see the pictures. Yeah, hold on. Let's see. Pop up a picture. All right, there we go. Now that's probably uh, this way. way. There you go. Ah, I'm blue. terrible. Oh, not it's, you. No, it's no, the light. It's Got blue light. and purple. Purple. They're lemonades. Passion fruit. Yes, we do have passion fruit. That was a passion fruit. And blood orange and a blueberry something. We have blueberry, strawberry, green apple. Green apple is my fave. Let's see if I can get it. There you go. Very green. Very, very. Look at those pictures. They are so cool. Uh, So, yeah. So, it's elevated elixirs. It's E-L-E-V-A-T-E-D dot elixir e-l-i-x-i-r dot c-o and that is on instagram so you can you know go check it out um if you ever visit california let me know we'll get it to you um i just don't feel safe with delivering it to places that aren't legal yet (laughs) oh no worries yeah uh let's see cassidy says yes please it's legal here in denver so you can send it uh very and interested in making a commercial for you whenever you are ready i actually Uh, wanted to talk to him in private and message him but like i said i don't reach out on my own very often but i've been meaning to ask him if he wanted to try one or not nice yeah i think everybody's interested i am he is my friend phaedra is uh we got natasha interested Cassidy said, been dying to talk about it on the show, but professionalism demanded you announce it first and says, what is going on with computer? (laughs) It's typing. (laughs) Uh, Natasha says, my son lives there. Where? Yeah, where was, yeah, I live in Sacramento. Yeah, nobody lives in Terre Haute. (laughs) I don't know if anybody in the audience lives in Indiana. Probably not. Oh, he's in the Army. Okay. So he probably might be stationed more Southern California then. Well, I know more of the Navy people are down there. So he actually might be more. Oh, he could be Travis Air Force Base. That's not too far from me. Wow. Yeah, we have a lot of military bases out here. Um, The Army, or not the Army, but the Navy is big in san diego so if you anybody ever takes a trip out there they got the big navy ships you can go tour things out there it's really cool nice uh cassie says blessing for him and his brothers yeah i was watching something about changes in our understanding of reality possible mandela effects that historically the ships may have actually been painted very fancy 
in order to distract and uh, not cause suspicion. So there's uh, Mandela Effect is a whole other show. Fort Irwin? Sounds familiar. I like off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you where that's located, but it sounds familiar. Yeah. All right. So hmm, the mushrooms can help with sleep, yes. can help to see bright colors, relaxing and energizing at the same time. So um, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain like what it can do. So yes, it's like kind of all in a nutshell, it's energetic, but it's not overwhelmingly energetic. Um, it's help. So it's like stages. So you're like, okay, I got a burst of energy. I see more vibrantly. Like I, with my stress, my anxiety and depression, things are dull. I'm like, oh, they kind of like look very off to me. And then I notice that when I drink it or I, I eat it in a chocolate form um, and I go outside, I'm more interested in viewing nature more again. And I'm a nature person. So I'm like, that's a green. That is very vibrant. I could just stand here and stare at it. And it makes me feel so much better. I could just stare at it all day. Or the sky is so blue and the clouds are extremely white and not like dull and kind of blends into each other. Um, then it hits a point where you start to calm, your body relaxes. And then for me, I can just like out after that <laughs> nice yeah i think i remember Kristen on another show discussing an experience she had i don't remember if it was mushrooms or something else where she said it wasn't anything bad she would just stare at this blade of grass yeah she just, just loved that blade of grass it's beautiful you find it, you feel more love and i think that's a big deal for people who have depression and are very stressed out and have maybe grew up in like a hard family relationships and you know like it's a huge community out here we're starting to find people that we can relate to more we're happier um you know to know that there's a product out there that's healthy it's not going to hurt you it's meant for you um, a lot of indigenous people around the world use these forms of mushrooms to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's something natural that's not synthetic. And if it's microdose and it's something safe and simple. And I think uh, we did a show with Tyler and I think both he and the YouTubes that I've watched on it have said the world would be a peaceful place if only everybody did this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. You're not, you don't feel anger. You feel more productive. You feel more understanding. You feel patience. Um, you want to talk more. Um, you have a lot more questions. So it's, it's interesting because if you view that the government is against us and wants to control us, they don't want us to have things that allow us to have open minds and question. And with these, we do question. We're like, okay, so if this helps us, what other things help us? You know, if this opens up our minds more, then we're going to be questioning, you know, all of these other things. And they don't want that. That's me personally. I don't know how everybody else feels. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah. What I'm wondering is with the way you described it, I'm thinking of the terrible twos. Why? 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 Why is the sky blue? Blah, blah, blah. Because uh, 
even the Gospels talk about the innocence and the faith of a child. A child doesn't feel anger the same way, doesn't, you know, uh, has a simpler view, but so many questions and not as censored. So I wonder if maybe it's like the mushrooms may reactivate that part of our mind. Yes, it definitely opens up more chemical and it, and it makes it balance. So you're not feeling more one way or the other. You're literally a balanced, equal person at that point. And um, I, I don't like to judge people. So I try not to. So if someone's like, oh, I do this to help me throughout the day. I'm like, good for you. That's on you. As long as you're not hurting anybody. So for me, as a mom, you know, I don't want anything that could like hard prescription pills, like I don't want to feel numb. I don't want to feel, you know, aggravated all the time because it's making me feel that way. So for me to drink a lemonade, one lemonade, which is a microdose, so you can drink up to four or five of them. I drink one throughout the whole day and I feel like I'm a better, better mother, wife, and a better person to myself. I'm finding that I'm more understanding about myself I'm not so judgmental. I'm not harsh on myself. I'm accepting. And that's what more people need is to be able to accept themselves and to be happy and to, to understand themselves. Bringing it back to the original topic, do you feel like if people could remember their dreams and work through them through dream journaling or learning to lucid dream, do you feel like that would help them? Has your understanding of your dreams helped you or what do you think? So I feel like certain people would be, it benefit them in so many different ways to write down and to just go off. Um, for me, I'm more, I'm more on the fence on it because only for my personality, I, um, I, I know I need to, and it's probably good for me. But I'm going back to the whole scared thing. I'm scared. I don't don't really want to know what's going on. I, I'm like, a, yeah, I'm appreciative of certain things being told to me, I guess, and and for me to understand. But sometimes I just want to be more, I don't know, closed off sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's It can be a little scary. Like with that whole year of losing so many people and seeing it, it was disturbing to me and I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's such intense dreams that I have where like I'll dream about certain people in my life. And then months later, we're back to hanging out again. I haven't talked to them in three or four years, but I was dreaming about them like just months ago. And, um, you know, it, it brings up things that I'm not ready to deal with. And I think that's Another important thing about dreams for people in therapy is that, you know, they can work through what they need to work through from the past. I'm not ready to work on it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. The dream journaling takes a lot of self-discipline that I don't have. Um, it may take introspection that you may not be ready for. It's yeah. like shadow work. I wonder if part of that is shadow work, uh, facing those aspects, because you face you have faced so much of your past and, but every once in a while it will slap you in the face completely unexpectedly. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> yeah. But you got to remember that you've survived so much and you have overcome and yeah. you are so much richer for everything that you've been through. 
Yes, I definitely am like not taking things for granted as much as I work through my own pace of what I had to go through. I've come a very long ways. Like I've forgiven people that I thought I would never forgive. And then there's still a few people that I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever forgive them, but I have hope. So I'm just dealing with one at a time. So not dealing with the whole things on my plate. I'm dealing with the ones that matter the most, taking that one step at a time and then just facing it. Yeah. Uh, it's like with the, the anxiety. It's the spilled Mountain Dew thing. If it's done and over, it's over. If it does not affect your present, let it go. If something is affecting your present, that's what you need to deal with in that present moment when you have the opportunity. Uh, is it something you can or cannot control? You got to consider that too. You go back to the serenity prayer, which is philosophy. Accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change things I can. Wisdom to know the difference. And I should probably add the self-discipline to do something other than to just say that in your head and go along with your day and have chocolate. So. Well, that's, that's the first step, though, is telling yourself. That's the first step. <laughs> that's true. Recognizing, because just recognizing the difference in those situations can alleviate so much of the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now they're talking about locations, Mojave Desert being beautiful. Uh freaking fluoride in the water yeah oh god don't get me started on that fluoride <laughs> what's the desert between oklahoma and colorado i don't know is there one i haven't been there this is a question for Cass. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know mine is nevada <laughs> nice uh oh man vegas that's a whole other show i could just go off on vegas so yeah in our daily life it's trying to figure out what is simplicity and what is overstimulation? Get rid yeah. of the overstimulation to simplify because freedom would mean having maybe two thirds of each day to ourselves and deciding what is possible is not necessarily necessary. Not to push ourselves to the point of losing sleep. I like Cass's answer. <laughs> <laughs> that one desert was a really desert sounding name. I. <laughs> that reminded of space balls combing the desert oh my gosh i was just talking about that the other day i was like i gotta go comb the yard and i looked over at my husband i was like space balls <laughs> <laughs> yes all right we have gone so over schedule oh my gosh so much fun though yeah uh this is great so um, what can i throw one more thing out there for everybody Absolutely. all right so I do have, I do know a couple of people who are blind. Some were born blind at birth and then others were, became blind as over time. I myself was told that I eventually will go blind. So it's something that I'm very interested in, but blind people do dream either if they were born blind in the beginning of their birth or blind later on in life. But they said that people who are born blind do dream. That'd be interesting. What do they say? Anything about differences? Um, so the people who went blind over time, they have more of a visual effect in their dreams. People who are born blind, they have more of like a creation or like a, a, a more of imagination of what's going on in their brain. So I, I personally don't think it, it's easy for me to understand what they're dreaming about. Like it would be hard for them to understand what we're dreaming about. 
Gotcha. Yeah, to try to describe it would be impossible. Burritos. Burritos. Cali dust. You don't like Cali dust. That's what you're saying. Sorry, uh, Cassidy is quoting, yeah, Hotel California with burritos. No. Ah, and once again, whatever you do when trying to sleep, do not drink the espresso monster stuff that you get a dollar drink nice and cheap. Yep. So I just have and to say, don't, don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, do choose one thing to start with. Little progress becomes big progress. So even if it's a small thing of changing your eating habit before going to bed to then not eating before bed, these are big milestones and always encourage yourself. Be like, I did change my feeding habit. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Maybe one of these nights I'll try to eat at this time and see how it goes. Just little baby steps. Don't overwhelm yourself. No. Or if you try to do it all at once, it could be very discouraging. And when you do the right thing, do not reward yourself with chocolate. You'll just turn everything back around. All right. Last comments. We have up ahead in the distance, a saw shimmering light. Uh, Cassie, I was born partially Oh, I was born partially blind, and I know that's not the same, but same, but I can tell you that my other senses play way bigger a deal than what I see. True. And then Robert is talking about a Mexican flower. Oh, <laughs> Calitas. I always thought they said Cali dust because he's driving and kicking. Oh, that's not interesting. He talks about the desert and then Mexican flowers. One of my tattoos is a desert hummingbird with desert cactus flowers. That's what that one is. I remember you getting it. I didn't know about the flowers. Let's see if I can throw it up there real quick. Yeah. So it's a desert cactus flowers with a wow. desert hummingbird. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then the other one, dragonfly? And the other one's a dragonfly. Yeah. Now that's symbolic for you. Um, that means someone's watching over? Yeah. So um, during my accidents, both accidents, and then the day I went for my surgery, um, we don't get many dragonflies out this way. But all last year, it was like my yard was just covered in them. And we were having baby dragonflies, which I've never seen in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then right before I crossed that intersection, a huge dragonfly came across my windshield. And it was like very slow motion. And I had like this weird sensation about it. And then it left. And then I was bam slammed into the other one i saw i kept seeing like a bunch of dragonflies um i couldn't see it at night obviously but during the daytime i just kept seeing so many of them and i kept getting this weird sensation again and i was like oh i'm gonna push it to the side and then later that night that's when i got hit by the drunk driver and then the morning that i went for my surgery my whole yard i mean my husband and i we couldn't believe it it was just filled with dragonflies on the grass. And one of them was a black dragonfly with yellow stripes. It reminded me of like a bee. I've never yeah. seen it before or after. It was just that one time. And after my dad died, I moved to Idaho and I found this giant, ginormous dragonfly. It was so big. I had to hold it in two hands and I thought it was dead. It wasn't moving. I brought it to my brother's house. I showed my brother and then all of a sudden it just flew away and it scared the crap out of me because I was holding it that whole time. So yeah. um, I just link it to my dad. I feel like my dad has been watching over me. I get that feeling when I see them. My dad pops in my head. So yeah, I just had to, I had to do it. 
Yeah. And all my tattoos are very symbolic to me. Like this one right here, it's my Native American tattoo. Um, I have my mother-in-law's right here. It's her birthday and then the year she passed. I'm still going to add to that one, but yeah. And then my first tattoo is actually on my neck and it's um, Harry Potter. It says muggle because for me, it was always engraved that I had to be like Jesus. You have to be like Jesus. You have to be perfect. You have to do this. And I was never allowed to just be human. And so as I'm an older adult with kids, I, I have to remind myself, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have issues. You're human. And so to me, that just reminds me, you're human. Deal with it. Like, it's okay. Don't be perfect. Exactly. Very, very important. It's amazing. Just all of that. Do you dream? Uh, do you dream of dragonflies? Uh, sometimes I do. Yes. Okay. Uh, there is so much. But wait a while since. Uh, oh, they're talking about something else entirely. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming, uh, for joining, for participating. Uh, I expect we'll have a, we will have another show next week. Today is Thursday. Uh, and sometime, uh, Karma will be on probably a lot more often if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> Almost <laughs> like a host. We will definitely do a show on UFOs because I have a feeling she could lead it and I'll just be the one asking the questions. <laughs> Which I saw another, I had another incident a couple nights ago, actually, and I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> but we'll do that on a different day. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you for your patience. Wait, we have just a little bit more. Cassidy says, be like Jesus, lose your shit and start throwing tables at yes. <laughs> Ferris. Pharisees, Sadducees. Yes. Don't even get me started. That's, That's me. Political. I will flip a table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but there's that one time, you know. Just and, once. And yeah. I was really trying to pull the cloth off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried. I, I'd be like the one on the table. Ah, it's not working. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. We'll do it again sometime soon. Uh, yeah, they're still talking. Enjoy your talk. Uh, be good to yourselves and each other. And when all else fails, take a nap and then eat the chocolate. Aha, I fixed yes. it. All right. Have a good one. Says same thing about the tablecloth. <laughs> Bye. Have fun.